Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joining us now, voice of Super Rugby, voice of New Zealand Rugby uh, joins us, Grant Nisbet. Before we talk the Super Rugby Nisbo, we've just done a feature out on the great man, the Prince of Centres, Bruce Robertson. We spoke to Andy Dalton, Ian Kirkpatrick, Andy Leslie, BG Williams, just uh, effusive in the praise of the great man. Your memories. Yeah, fantastic player. I uh, didn't really know him as a bloke, staff, I'd have to say, but I had the pleasure when I was working in Auckland many moons ago of being able to do a lot of radio commentaries uh, down at Pukekohe, and he was in that fantastic county side and a major part of it. And then, of course, he had that wonderful All Black career. He played over 100 games for the All Blacks. Mm. I mean, You'd never do that today with only 30-odd test matches, quite clearly, because he obviously went on a number of of those longer tours. But um, he was, I think the Prince of Centres probably sums it up. He he just had a bit of a, um, a way with him, a, a very stylish sort of a runner, quite upright, but had the ability to set up wingers like no other centre has ever done. Probably Conrad Smith uh, is as close as I've seen but uh, Bruce Robertson, uh, yeah, just a wonderful player. He really was. And it was an era of rugby. I was talking to Andy Leslie, who who captained him, of course. And and I said, you know, these days these big money contracts and players leaving, getting million dollar contracts overseas. And and I said, you did it for the love and and the pride of the jersey. And he said he did it for the two dollars fifty that bought him the jug after the game. <laughs> My, how the game's changed. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, hasn't it just, yeah. I mean, he, he really, I mean, counties in those days were a major force in New Zealand rugby. They really were, and they had a fantastic um, back line, and he was just part of it, really. And, um, no, just just wonderful memories, really, of a great player. Yes, indeed. Um, let's have a look at the Super Rugby over the weekend, which kicked off. Um, I had to look outside to make sure the sky hadn't caved in when the Chiefs got beaten by the Reds. No one saw it coming. <laughs> Nobody saw it coming. I've just come off the phone from Greg Clark, actually, and he said it's the first time that he can remember in recent times that all Australian teams have won on the day. All teams won on the day. Can't believe it. Um, and, of course, it all started off, as you say, in, um, in New Plymouth. Uh, you'd have to say that the Chiefs uh, took their eye off the ball a wee bit, um, Kind of underestimated. They'll probably deny it, but it's it's got to be said to be true that uh, they took their eye off the ball and let the Chiefs, um, um, well, effectively win the game. Um, I know it's really difficult uh, getting towards the end of the competition. You look at the All Blacks and you say, Have we, we've still got to rest him in a game. We've still got to rest him in a game. The Hurricanes are in the same dilemma now. They've got to rest uh, Geordie Barrett and um, Adi Sabia. And they've got three derby matches. What are they going to do? Um, the mail is they're going to leave them both out this weekend um, against the Chiefs in Hamilton. So it's a real dilemma. I know it is. But, um, you know, the Chiefs are better than that. They are certainly better than that. The Reds aren't very good, let's be honest. But they just turned up on the day. This rest, uh, I'm tr- I was trying to 
look back. I remember Artie had a week off. Uh, he's already had one rest game. And then I think he missed the game through suspension. So, um, and now he has to miss another game as well. It's doing Hurricanes fans heads in, Nisbo. Uh, and, to, <laughs> and to sort of um, try and justify that a little bit, I spoke with Brett Kamali last week, and just at the end, I just chucked the rest and rotation thing that we, we have over here. At his height, he played every game of NRL, every game of State of Origin, and every game on a Kangaroos tour. And I asked him how he felt at the end of the year, and he said, awesome. He said, I'm a professional athlete. I handle my own nutrition, my own rest and recovery, and if the coaches want me to rest, rest me Monday to Friday, but let me to play on the weekend. That's what I'm paid to do. Let me do it. And I was I loved that stance, um, and I'm yet to see proof that this rest and rotation works. Yeah, look, it's been a major discussion point for a long time. You remember back, I think it was 2007, when players, the all-black players, virtually didn't front up in, in Super Rugby. They were rested, so-called rested, for the 2007 World Cup. Then, of course, we crapped out, and everybody, everybody said, well, what was the use of that? Um, it is a it is a major talking point. There's no doubt about that. I think if you talk to the players, they would rather play. But um, you know the uh, the big picture, I guess, is the World Cup, and and they want the players to go into the World Cup, um, you know, in reasonable nick. But um, I mean, there's been many opinions given staff, as we know. The problem with Hardy was that apparently, if you were suspended, that does not count as a week off. Um, Which it for should. For whatever reason, I don't it is, know. It is a week off. It is a, it's common well, it sense. it is a week off, yeah. I mean, the thing, about, uh, the thing about the weeks that they do have off is that they don't even go into the training environment. They don't go into the camp. They simply um, they opt out. They're just not sighted at the training venues. And so um, presumably if both Artie and Geordie are out uh, this week against the Chiefs, then they won't be sighted at the facility out at Upper Hutt at all this week. That's that's the theory. Why on earth not last week against uh, the hapless Moana Pacifica? Well, I'll tell you why. Um, because they got upset in Fiji, and I suspect that they would have been left out against Moana Pacifica, but uh, because the Hurricanes were upset in Fiji, they felt that they simply had to win and couldn't take any chances against um, Moana Pacifica. So that changed the plans. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And uh, now they find themselves in a situation where they need to rest a couple of these key players um, against one of the New Zealand teams. <laughs> Just staggers me. Um, the Crusaders blues this, Bo, and I find it very strange for me to say this, but the feature of that game for me was the Blues' defence, their uh, incredible defence and their insipid attack. Yeah, look, it wasn't a great game to watch, let's be honest about it. I mean, it was, it was. I guess you're on the edge of your seat because it was fairly close. It should have been a lot closer. How the hell the referee missed that knock-on, I'll never know. Mm. But anyway, that's another story. But yeah, look, the defence on both sides was quite outstanding and... You know, dynasties have been built on defence staff and um, and the Crusaders in particular have been pretty tough to crack over the years, uh, particularly on their home ground. But it wasn't a great spectacle and um, I just couldn't help thinking that, um, you know, if it had been played 
maybe early evening um, rather than late evening, that it might have been a different spectacle. Um, you know, we could start this debate all over again, I know, but uh, there was a game between the Chiefs and the Hurricanes which was played during the day in Wellington and by gee, it was a good game to watch and um, a lot of people showed up to watch it. But, you know, that's another debate for another time, I suppose. But, yeah, it wasn't a great a game to watch. It was intense, but it was built mainly on defence. Um, last one I want to ask you about is the Brumbies. Now, I... Maybe they should have put the Highlanders away a bit more than they should have, just basically not bagging the Highlanders, but the Brumbies second on the table, Highlanders right down towards the bottom. Um, they allowed the Highlanders to score 42 points. But looking at the Brumbies' run home, they've got the Force and the Rebels, two easy wins, you'd imagine. Then they have the Chiefs, but they've got the Chiefs at home. Continuing, uh, continuing Nisbo to stay under the New Zealand rugby fan radar, I fear the Brumbies. Yeah, particularly at home staff, as the Hurricanes found out last year in the playoffs, very, very difficult to win over there. Look, I thought, from what I saw anyway, I thought that the Highlanders probably put on their best performance of the year up to a point, mm-hmm. but then they fell away towards uh, the end, which was uh, which was a little bit sad. But they, they played really well, the Highlanders, and it's hard to believe they are where they are on the table. I imagine they'll prove that. Uh, in the next three weeks. Well, I certainly hope they do. Um, but the Brumbies, well, they've been the best Australian team since the competition started back in 1996, and nothing much has changed. Uh, the, I know the Reds have won a title. I know the Waratahs have won a title, but it's usually the Brumbies. Um, and they just play a good brand of rugby. They they play the same brand of rugby week in, week out, season in, season out. It's built on um, you know a forward pack that is is pretty damn good. They get anywhere near a rolling mall. They're almost impossible to stop, and they—they they are just a good unit. And yes, they are—they're um, worth fearing. Um, not so good when they cross the Tasman, which they may well have to do at some point in the playoffs. But at home, real tough. I was going to say goodbye, Nisbo, but Gaz has texted in and he said, uh, "Staff, can you ask Nisbo what if the Hurricanes simply said, no, nah, not resting them, we're playing them? What would the consequences be? Because I think I'm right in saying Dave Rennie did that, and I think Chris Boyd did that as well, and they then headed off overseas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I don't know how that would go down. Um, I know there was a compensation given to Scott Barrett for the Crusaders earlier in the year. Yes, there was. When they were down on, on troops. Um, but that's probably a slightly different argument. It, it's a good question, but is anyone brave enough? Well, not Jason Holland. I would suggest, <laughs> because he's going to the All Blacks setup. Uh, Clayton McMillan, oh, I bet he's tempted to, but no, they probably won't this day and age. Yeah. Well, I think the thing with poor old Jason Holland is that the NZR, you'll be signing the checks next year, won't they, when yeah. he's in the All Black environment, so he probably does what he doesn't want to get in the road too early. <laughs> That's it. Nismo, always appreciate your time, buddy. Have a great week. Good on your staff. Cheers. Cheers, mate. There he is, the voice of rugby in New Zealand, Grant Nisbet. Uh, we'll take a break. I'm going to play the highlights of the uh, Warriors game over the weekend after this.